This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart, and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's talk to our guest of the day, Oanda Senior Market Analyst Kelvin Wong in Singapore. Good morning to you. How's it going? Good afternoon to you, uh, Johnny. So far, so good. It's been pretty much of an exciting movement in the markets today, right ahead of the start of the new week. Indeed, and a very mixed picture where you are in uh, Asia Pacific. The Hang Seng down two and a quarter percent. The Nikkei up one point six percent. Why the disparity between those two markets? Definitely. So uh, let's talk about this persistence. We call it K-shaped movement on the global markets right now, stock markets as per se, uh, where we start to see the Nikkei two two five the benchmark European indices as well as the major US stock indices together with some of the key EM Asia stock indices with the likes of India actually uh, rallying in positive territory year to date whilst the Hong Kong and the China stock market is actually deeply in the red which is in negative territory uh, at this point in time while we are talking. So uh, if you look at the Hansing index which is the benchmark for the Hong Kong stock market actually currently since the start of this year that means currently we're talking about three weeks into the start of 2024 it's actually down a whopping of negative 12%. And on the other, we call it the H shares. So these are actually uh, China-related companies, equity listed on the Hong Kong exchange. We call it the H shares, which is HSCEI in the composite index. It's actually down also negative 13%. So what we could see over here is that at this point in time, the ongoing optimism in the rest of the world that is being depicted by the fresh all-time high in the S&P 500 on last Friday is not being filtered down to the China and Hong Kong stock market. Why? Because of this ongoing persistence deflationary risk spiral that is still pretty much intact or I would say that there's still a chance of it happening in China that causes this uh, lack of optimism or I would say that the lack of uh, positive animal spirits to be actually unleashed in the uh, Hong Kong and China stock market despite the fact that the US dollar is still uh, remaining on the soft footing. So now the key story over here is that market participants uh, actually wanted the China top policymakers to be much more aggressive in their implementation of, we call it, physical uh, stimulus policy, both on the physical side as well as the monetary policy side. But however, uh, it seems to us that right now, this is not on the main agenda of China top policymakers, as they are seems to be much more uh, concerned about getting a push on their high-tech industrialization policy uh, rather than making an uptick or an increase in domestic consumption as a priority for 2024. So that actually is being reflected right now in the current, uh, we call it a dismal state of uh, performance in their uh, stock market, which is i.e. by looking at the Hansen Index and the China CSI 300 Index, which is also uh, currently year-to-date is down negative uh, 6%. Let's look to the week to come, a fairly busy week. The Bank of Japan tomorrow, ECB on Thursday, and some important PCE figures in the United States on Friday. So let's start with tomorrow from the Bank of Japan. We're not expecting anything to change, are we? Yes, yeah. there will be no uh, major changes on the Bank of Japan uh, interest rate policy and as well as the yield curve uh, control situation. Uh, but bear in mind over here is that we, we do have a, a kind of a chance that uh, BOJ tomorrow might offer guidance 
that there will be a potential imminent end to the short-term negative interest rate coming in the next meeting in April. Why? Because right now, at the start of this year, all the way until end of March, unions representing the Japanese employees, uh, they are now in, we call it the spring wage negotiation between the unions and employers, which is Japanese corporation. In the last few months, a BOJ Governor Yuda has already mentioned that in order for BOJ to actually have much more uh, a certainty, the land of Japan has started to really exit from a decade plus of deflationary pressure is to start to see a steady uptick and sustainable increase in wages growth. So that will start to actually uh, have much more uh, findings after the negotiation between the unions and the employers starts to get concluded by the end of March. So uh, market participants are now putting in April as a a, a live, uh, we call it event, where BOJ might starts to uh, remove the short-term, uh, negative short-term interest rate. So, but bear in mind that even though there will be no movement in tomorrow's BOJ meeting, also given the fact that at the start of the year, uh, Japan also has this unfortunate uh, earthquake, so that actually reduces the odds of any major change in monetary policy from BOJ. But we need to actually understand as well that tomorrow, Bank of Japan will release its latest update on its quarterly outlook where it will release its uh, new forecast for inflation. So market participants will be paying very close attention for the inflationary forecast for the fiscal year of 2024 and fiscal year of 2025. So in the previous outlook uh, forecast release in October, BOJ actually upgraded uh, this uh, inflation a growth uh, that is excluding uh, fresh food and energy are uh, to stress uh, for both of these two years. So for 2024, it upgraded to 1.9% and similar for 2025 as well. Any chance of a slight upgrade, especially to 2% year on year for fiscal year 2024 and 2025 could actually spark up that uh, increase uh, renew uh, expectation that BOJ has indeed more or less has in the pipeline to start removing its uh, short-term negative interest rate perhaps as soon as in the first half of this year, that means in, either in April or May, and even potentially uh, they have already in the pipeline to, to start to thinking about how to actually remove the upper limit of that year curve control. Currently, it's actually being packed at 1%, but don't forget, this 1% right now is no longer a hard cap. They changed a hard cap to more of a reference level in the uh, previous uh, BOJ meeting in October. So something very interesting to look out for, uh, especially uh, on the market reaction. Uh, 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 exposed BOJ meeting tomorrow, uh, especially on the dollar yen. So if you look at the dollar yen right now, it's still pretty rather sideways below a key short-term resistance level at 149.30. And what do markets expect the ECB to do on Thursday? I'm assuming the same as with the Bank of Japan, very little. Yes, so also I, I believe that the ECB President Lagarde has already uh, kind of front-run the expectation during Davos meeting last week where she actually spoke on the sideline saying that yes, ECB will actually, uh, that's high odds ECB will start to cut interest rate, but the cutting of the interest rate will not come as soon as in Q1, but instead in the, in the summer months of 2024. So what she's trying to do right now, very similar to the US Federal Reserve officials, to actually play down this optimism of this uh, ECB uh, dovish pivot as well, uh, because ma- earlier market participants are expecting to come in as early as March, but right now uh, the odds have started to significantly be uh, watered down after ECB President Lagarde less dovish uh, remarks over at Davos last week. So pretty much unchanged, uh, still holding at the key rate at 4.5%, but market participants were very much likely to hear 
again on her thoughts, uh, ECB President Lagarde's thoughts, uh, especially during the press conference, where I believe that she will be much more being poked on uh, what are her key economic indicator that make her to be much more comfortable for ECB to start uh, cutting rates in the summer months of uh, 2024. Kelvin, talking of cutting rates, we expect the United States to be the first big central bank, the Fed, to cut rates. But as to when, that's a tricky one to answer. Some are saying as early as March. But these PCE figures we're seeing on Friday could hold a few clues, perhaps? Mm, yes, perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. Because right now, market participants uh, are actually uh, torn between two sides of the thing. So yes, we have on the demand side of the story, US economy is still pretty much robust. So especially if you look at last Friday, the preliminary figure or the flash data out from the University of Michigan consumer sentiment data is actually uh, showing pretty much of a rosy state of consumer behavior spending habits. So if you look at consumer sentiment over at the Michigan uh, flash sentiment data for the month of January uh, rose to 78.8 above expectation of 70 for January this year. So that's actually uh, its highest level since 2021. So it makes very hard for the Fed to actually act as soon as much. So we start to see uh, the odds of uh, the first rate cut to come in March right now to temper down all the way down to I think slightly below 50%, which is about 48% as of Friday from an earlier high level of 70% to 80% that was seen about two weeks ago. So coming towards the towards the inflationary pressure over here is a yes, even though we start to see core PCE price data, the expectation to actually come down again for the month of January. So market is actually expecting very similar number of last uh, in, in December. Markets are actually expecting the core PC price in that year on year to come in much lower again. Uh, so we start to see a constant growth deceleration. Markets expecting 3% year on year from 3.2% year on year in November. So if this, uh, uh, we call it a core PCE uh data starts to actually decelerate on the downside that could actually clip alive the uh, fat dovish pivot for this year but when the expectations that perhaps it may not come in much but it may come in later towards the summer month of this year as well so it seems to us that the global central banks ranging from the fed from ecb uh, is now guiding market participants say that hey uh, you guys are actually jumping the gun too fast uh, right now uh, expecting the first rate cut to come in as early as much, but however, uh, we decided to actually uh, uh, to, 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 to actually need to have more time to actually uh, look at more evidence of, of what you call that uh, a growth deceleration. And even they do not want market participants to start ramping up this uh, inflate, uh, we call it uh, liquidity, extreme liquidity easing condition that could potentially make their jobs much harder to actually start to implement uh, interest rate cut if this uh, ultra easy liquidity condition as inferred by market uh, prices start to see a demand pool inflation starts to creep up again in the later part of this year. Okay, Kelvin, very interesting to hear your thoughts. We will speak to you again next week. Uh, in the meantime, have a great week. My pleasure. Same to you as well. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda.